The Start On Demand. On demand. It's Grey Cup Parade Day. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers arrived home on Monday and hundreds of fans greeted them at the airport as thousands of fans are set to line the streets of downtown Winnipeg for the parade. We also have highlights from the final Bomber Coaches Show of the season. We learn about the man who let Blue Bomber Willie Jefferson take his homemade blue and gold championship belt. You maybe have seen pictures of him sporting this belt over his shoulder. Well, the guy who made it wants it back. And as it turns out, I think we were able to make that happen. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling, who took the day off, but he is part of the parade coverage, and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, November 26th, Parade Day Edition podcast of The Start. McGarry and McNabb, Mackling taking the morning off. He just got back from Calgary last night Mm. after working, I don't know, like a... 150 hours 7, last week. 7,000 by my math. Yeah? Well, that's I don't know. A- he was on. He, he was going nonstop, the poor guy. Yeah. So that Not was- poor guy. He loved it. He did love it. And uh, he he got to lie on the field. I just put a picture on mm-hmm. our 680 CJOB Instagram this morning of Greg lying on the field after. What is going on here? I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get my headphones to work. Been having problems on and off for the last week. Oh, I think I found a spot. I'm just not going to touch anything else now. It's a little loud, but it works. Anyway, yeah, Macklin got to lie on the field. He had an awesome week, and he is going to be part of the Grey Cup Parade today. The parade starts at noon, as you heard Tristan Field-Jones say, Bob Irving hosting the festivities, Mm -hmm. and it's going to be live-streamed at cjob.com, anchored by Lisa Ray Dutton from Global Winnipeg. Greg and Brittany Greenside will be on the parade route, and Kelly Moore will be at the Forks where the parade will end, and then there will be that monster rally. And I, like everyone, am trying to figure out my strategy here. Okay. You know, like, which, how do I get downtown? Then which side street do I choose yep. to try to park? Which Where do I want to join or see? Do I want to see the beginning? Do I, do I want to be at the forks at the end? Did I wear the right shoes to walk all the way to the forks? These are the things that many of us are thinking this morning. Well, yeah, because I'm wondering, okay, if I go... And I say if because my car's in the shop and I've been waiting for it to be done and I'm hoping it'll be done today. And uh, I got a, I got winter tires as well, so I have to fill out the, the MPI loan program paperwork. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how long that's going to take. But uh, I just figured, you know what, I, I'm, I'll just walk from Osborne Village. If I go, I'll just walk and then I decide, do I walk to the Forks or do I just walk to somewhere on Portage? Because right. it starts at Portage and Hargrave and will make its way down to Main Street and then uh, snake its way into the Forks. I think that the best place to be would be, I mean, you want to see them go past. For me, it's about Port-au-Germain, like going through that route and hearing Andrew Harris yesterday talk about how excited he was to hear that people had gone to Port-au-Germain Sunday night. And so I kind of like the idea of being at that point, but uh, I just don't know where to stand. Yeah, we, and we just got a text message from Tim, actually, that's going to uh, segue into our conversation at 645. Tim says, it doesn't seem fair to have the bomber parade when everyone is working. But these parades, typically, these championship parades are on weekdays during the day, right? Yeah, I don't, I, everyone, I saw a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook last night talking about their concerns that they wouldn't be able to get to the parade. Why was it going to take so, why was it happening so early? And then there was all sorts of feedback. I think someone posted all the various championship parades of this year. So the Nationals uh, for the Major League Baseball, um, St. Louis for hockey and, and all the rest, they all had a parade either Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, like within days of the win. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, one might be just momentum. It's nice to, everybody wants it. You want yeah. it bad. I mean, there was hundreds of people at the airport yesterday at three in the afternoon. And so uh, you, you want to be part of the celebrations early. And then another thing is a lot of these these guys and girls who are on these different pro- professional sports teams, they don't live in the community. And so they've just spent six months or eight months or however long it is, depending on what sport you're in, mm-hmm. away from home. And so, you know, as, as happy as they are to win, they also... Want to go home. Want to go home. See their family. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that those are some of the reasons for it. And they're doing it. It starts at 12. So if you have a lunch hour, you can get a break. You will be able to see parts of this. And if you're even luckier to take more time, then then great. Do it, right? My my other thing was I'm trying to figure out how if I should be getting my kids there and how to do it. and Oh. And how does that work? Like, hey, principal so-and-so, does parade count as a... Absent. Oh, a lot of kids are going to get pulled out of school today. And in our next segment, you're going to hear a clip 
Well, you know what? I'll just play it now. Why, 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 ma- why make you wait? Just listen to the end of this clip. This, these are some of the happy fans at the airport yesterday. So excited! The Bombers won! What was going through your head in the second half yesterday? Oh, my mind was more, my mind was blown. I was nervous. I was pacing back and forth. Watched, <laughs> Watched it twice. Yeah, it was and awesome. Did it feel any different the second time? Just could sit back and enjoy it and know we were winning the game. Awesome. Woo! Our mom phoned us in sick. You hear that? Her mom phoned us in sick. Yeah, so they could be at the airport. There was three great things in there yesterday. They, they phone their mom phones them in sick. Sick. I say way to go, mom. Plus, although you're now on TV, so that sick excuse is not going to go very well. Yeah. And then that other fan saying she watched the game twice. Yeah. And I was like, that's actually a good idea. First time you're not really enjoying it. You're, you know, we all talked about how you were stressed about this is the other, the other shoe's going to fall, so to speak, and mm-hmm. something bad's going to happen. The second time would be enjoyable. Just sit back and. You know where it's going. Yeah. But that's part of the fun of sports, right? Is the <laughs> drama. It's the the intensity, the the anxiety. That's the journey, right? I mean, any good any good game tells a story like that. But yeah, it would be I I often will go back and rewatch parts of a game just because I want to see I sort of want to take it in again. <laughs> This was the scene as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers arrived at the airport yesterday. Here they are, Willie Jefferson holding the Grey Cup and the Bombers are in the house. He's joined at the front by Jermarcus Hardrick. And Chris Trevler is still representing his cowboy hat. It is loud in here, if you can't hear behind me. And it'll just get louder as they get closer to the hundreds of people here at the Winnipeg International Airport. That's Global's Merrick to Cash. And just as an aside, do you think he his head is completely split inside? Because he was dispatched to Portage in Maine mm-hmm. on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday he's at the airport. I don't know. There's something about that. Like he was grinning from ear to ear. And it doesn't mean that he's a sports fan or is or isn't, although I, I know he is. It just I think it's hard to get in there and, and not feel anything but the infection of those tears and the smiles and stuff. So he might have a headache later. Like, I think a lot of us will have that delayed headache. We're yeah. like, boy, that was a lot of noise I some my, I was part of. But right now, I think he's just loving it. Well, and he was correct in suggesting it was about to get louder. Has Mike heard this song yet? Give it to him. Hard not to smile. Big dumb smile on my face right now. That's the, the. I think this is one of the things I loved most about the last 48 hours is the chant. My kids were asking, what were they saying there? And I said, O'Shea. And then they're like, it's supposed to be Olay. And I was like, yes, I know. But the coach is O'Shea. And they were like, oh. Oh, they got it. Yeah, they're like, so <laughs> Like, it was just this clever. <laughs> Linebacker Adam Hill was excited to greet the fans. What it meant to me. All of you guys. All of you. That's what it means to me to bring it home to every single person here who bleeds blue and gold for Winnipeg, for all of Manitoba. This is for you guys, and we brought it home for you. Now, before we continue with the bombers, we want to confirm uh, the traffic situation because we mentioned there was a situation on Portage. What are our listeners telling us, Loren? Yeah, a couple writing in to say that they saw two semi-trucks jackknife in two different places. Uh, Tim also texting to say the highway from Winnipeg to Eli was super icy. Semi-trucks jackknifed on Cloverleafs backing up the traffic. And it sounds like that might be right at uh, Portage and the overpass of the perimeter. So that's going to cause delays, I think, for quite some time this morning. How was your drive-in, by the way? Slippery. Yeah, really slippery. And I and I know that because I had to stop for two deer. Two deer? Oh. Two different spots. Oh, at least you're able to stop. Mm. Because you have a bad uh, track record with the deer. I know, but I was going slow. I think the ice, actually, because I was going slow, and it would have been a different story, I think, this morning. Jeff Braun said it was a bit of a skating rink in Charleswood as well. So just let us know what you're seeing when it's safe for you to do so, 204-780-6868. And just very quickly here, here are a few more bombers, Willie Jefferson, Stanley Bryant, Zach Caleros, and Chris Trevler. It's amazing, man, breathtaking. This is something that, like I said, this is something the city's been waiting for for so long. 
and I'm happy to be a part of the uh, the crew to bring it back, man. This this is for the city. This is an amazing feeling, man. It took five long years to bring the city a championship. Just happy to be able to do that, man. Love these fans, man. They've been supporting us through the rough times, through the good times. I'm just happy to bring the championship here. Uh, I just want to thank you guys. For me personally, it's been a hell of a run these last uh, 50 days. And uh, I want to thank our teammates too, man. So much fun. Well worth it. Couldn't, couldn't ask to be with a better group of guys, man. It was awesome. So much fun. Just thank you guys, man. Best fans in the CFL. It's not even close. It feels like home. It's awesome. I was Streveler at the end saying this feels like home that's often. And that's what we have to remember, too, that for so many of them, it's not technically their home, but how fans react is how they start to feel like it is. Mackling taking the morning off, but he will be involved in the Grey Cup Parade, which starts at noon. He's going to be on the parade route with Brittany Greenslade. Lisa Dutton from Global Winnipeg will be anchoring. Bob Irving is hosting the festivities at the Forks when the parade arrives there. And Kelly Moore is going to be there as well. In a moment, we want to hear more from the liquor store employee who spoke out on social media. But before that, Loren, we got a text we mentioned in our previous segment at 5.54. Kyle texted us to say there is a situation on Portage. Yeah, and uh, we've had lots of listeners since saying they're basically stuck on Portage Avenue. And Heavenly, one truck driver says he's been sitting in traffic in front of the Flying J for about two hours and 40 minutes is oh what God. he writes. Ken says Portage eastbound from the perimeter to John Bloomberg is basically a parking lot. And Ken, who's, or sorry, Kyle, who's the one who originally texted us, Kyle Breland, uh, just got off the phone with him and he says there's a bunch of things going on. There's a, one semi that's jackknifed. There's another semi on the Cloverleaf that's uh, had some issues. There's tow trucks there. And then generally speaking, it's just really way too icy for some of these trucks to move. I've seen a couple of trucks chaining up um, I'm assuming the clover leaf going up to the perimeter is too icy. There was one truck, I'm guessing, stalled out basically on the clover leaf to go like north on the perimeter. I, he got like partway up the clover leaf, I'm assuming, and couldn't go any further because it was too icy. And- you just use the phrase chaining up. You mean they're adding chains to their tires because they just can't get right. up that ramp. Okay. So how would yeah, you, how would you describe the roads, Kyle? It's a bit of a dicey situation, it seems. There's a lot of trucks waiting and other cars getting caught up in it, too. Yeah, so he mentioned that traffic's backed up from the perimeter back to at least John Bloomberg. Others saying they've been in that traffic for hours now. So let us know if that improves at any point. And in the meantime, take it easy. Thank you very much, by the way, for letting us know, because you are our eyes and ears on the road. So we can't relay this information unless you relay it to us first. So don't ever ever discount how much... Uh, you are a part of this team, right? Mm-hmm. We can't do our job without you. So and thank also you. thanks to Kyle because, hey, Kyle, it's Loren. Can we chat for a bit? You got it. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I appreciate that. that that's, know, that's how it went? They know it's important, right? They're on the roads. <laughs> they want to know what's going on. And once they figure out what's going on, they know how the guy behind them probably wants to know what's happening or the woman driver behind them. So there you are. Now, a Tyndall Park liquor store employee who was rushed to hospital after she was viciously assaulted during a robbery last week says she had just started her shift when a group of thieves entered the store. That attack and robbery happened last Wednesday. And on Sunday, a woman named Randy Lee Chase posted an emotional account of that attack, explaining that she was the woman in that security video that many of us have seen. And in her 11-minute Facebook account of what happened, she actually explains that she wasn't supposed to work until later that day, but got a call to come in early. And so she did. I got there, and maybe 10 minutes after I got there, like, I had just come out on the floor, and all of a sudden, just chaos. And I remember being behind that counter, not really knowing what to do, wanting to protect myself, wanting to help my coworkers. And, uh, sorry. <laughs> and I'm behind the counter, and one of the guys leaves the store and I saw him holding this huge knife, machete, whatever, butcher's knife, and uh, I just froze. Like, I was so scared. 
In the security video obtained by Global News last week, you can see that employee standing behind the counter when one of the thieves approaches her and completely unprovoked punches her in the head. She says one of the last things she remembers about that moment is just that feeling of fear and helplessness. Then the other kid, I guess, <laughs> comes up to me and he, uh, he says, give me the money in the cash register. And I'm frozen. I couldn't even attempt to give him the money in the cash register, which there was none. I just, I didn't know what to do. And I couldn't do anything because I was afraid that I would get fired or I would be disciplined for protecting myself because I would have provoked him. So here I am behind the counter, so helpless. And then minutes later, unconscious. That's not fair. That should not have happened. No one should have gone through that or have had to gone through that, go through that, pardon me. Any of my employees, any of the shoppers, customers, anybody in the mall that day, anywhere. I know this isn't just a liquor mart problem. This is everywhere in the city and no one should have to go through that. And we should be protected by our employer. We should be protected. She was taken to hospital with a fractured jaw and head injuries. Two other colleagues were also hurt. In her Facebook video, she said she isn't trying to take shots at anyone. She says she just had to get her story out in hopes that people can connect to it or even learn from it. We know Liquor and Lotteries is adding secure entrances to every single liquor store in the city and that the Tyndall Park store will be one of the first to see those changes. We've also reached out to Liquor and Lotteries for reaction to this video. Hopefully the change will be positive, be successful. And I pray that no one else will ever have to go through this again anywhere in any customer service, in any workplace, in any, anywhere. Chase acknowledging, of course, that it's happening in all sorts of retail stores throughout uh, Manitoba and other parts of the country. We've talked to people in Alberta about this being a major issue there. Now, she says, as far as her job is concerned, she actually just started about eight months ago, uh, started off as a seasonal video and says, of course, it wasn't the first time she had witnessed a robbery, but she has always been shocked by what's been happening. She actually also says that one week prior to the assault, she had just been talking to her manager about what it was going to take to put an end to the increasingly brazen thefts. And Brett, she made a comment in her Facebook video saying, I actually said to her, What's it gonna, is someone going to have to get hurt or killed before people start to listen? And then she goes on to say, like, the irony that it was her just still shocks her to this day. And, and that she replays the scene over and over and over again, trying to understand, you know, what happened and what could she have done, what should she have done and all the rest. And so I feel for her, her Facebook page post actually says, please share. I think that a lot of people in these moments say, oh, why would you talk about it? But sometimes it's cathartic to get it out there. And mm-hmm. also I think, you know, she wants someone to listen. Yeah, so we'll endeavor to share that on our social media on Facebook and we'll see if we can get it out on Twitter as well as on Instagram so that you can watch the video and see what this young woman has to say. And again, just picturing the video that we saw, the security video of this thug punching her out for no reason. It's just... uh it's disgusting. It's angering. So and when we watched that, remember we were all. She looks like she's frozen in fear, which she absolutely admits to. That's what she was doing, which is just so human. You're just thinking, if maybe I don't do anything, I will get away unscathed from this, right? Yeah, because he was like a foot taller than her, big guy compared to her, and he and just she's not her. stopping him. She's not saying anything. Doesn't appear to be reacting other than just standing there, like hope, you know, in, in that that helplessness feeling and. Something else. So we'll we'll update the story throughout the day. And uh, if you've got any thoughts on what you just heard, let us know. Also, uh, speaking about what what you just heard, we just played uh, some audio from Kyle about the number one Mm -hmm. east of the perimeter. And shortly after we aired that, another truck driver wrote to say that uh, the road is now open and the traffic is moving. And also a listener saying that the roads seem to be better than they were yesterday. This one was coming in on Highway 59 South and Highway 52 from Ill to Shane saying that they seem to be less slippery than yesterday. So here's hoping. I thought it was brutal.
McGarry and McNabb, Mackling back tomorrow, although he will be part of the Grey Cup Parade, which starts at noon. It will be live-streamed at cjob.com, anchored by Lisa Dutton from Global Winnipeg. Mackling and Brittany Greenslade will be on the parade route, and Kelly Moore will be at the Forks, and the rally at the Forks will be hosted by the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Bob Irving. Traffic note, by the way, five-car pileup, southbound west perimeter just north of Rosser. Again, five-car pileup, southbound west perimeter just north of Rosser. We are getting text messages this morning. Loren saw it on social media yesterday. Many are upset, unhappy that the parade is today and not on a weekend when uh, more people can go. And that got us thinking, well, is that just kind of a classic Winnipeg sort of whiny attitude or is there some merit to that yeah like i hear i hear the conversation about you know adam writes to say that he thinks the parade should be on a saturday because then all fans can go he's right now taking the day off his wife's taking the day off they're also taking their kids out of the school so they're completely on board but he writes to say i know other families would love to do it but financially they can't do it and that's not right and so he says wrong 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 and it's not that i don't hear all those arguments it's just that this is how it goes, and I think the part of the problem is that we're so unfamiliar with championships. Like, there's an entire generation of fans who've never mm. experienced this before that were like, "Why is what's happening? A, what's happening? We won, and then B, what's happening with this parade?" Right. Well, and the other thing that has to be considered too is the players on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Many, many of them who don't live in this city year-round, they want to get back home to their families. They've just spent the last seven months. I think of a guy like Rashid Bailey. His journey with the Blue Bombers began at the free agent camp in Sarasota, Florida, on April the 23rd. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> he wants to get back home. And and so, uh, you know, to, to try to have this parade as quickly as possible is is almost what happens in every other championship Type of situation. All the people in Boston are like, well, why would you agree to work on the Tuesday anyways? You should have booked it off weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the Wednesday or whenever. Yeah. And here's yeah. the thing, too. Not everyone has the day off on Saturday right. or no. Sunday. There are tons of people who work on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. So those would those people would be excluded as well. And I would make the argument, like when you say strike while the iron's hot, Kelly, this is about feeling that momentum that they're Absolutely. all feeling and that euphoria. And yeah. you heard O'Shea. We're going to play some wonderful clips from Mike O'Shea in the, in our segment, Breakfast with the Bombers at 7.30. But, you know, they're all really tired also and running yeah. on fumes. And so, like, yeah. to extend the party, hey, it's like when you go to Vegas and then by day three, you're like, I got nothing left I'm in burnt this tank. Out. Burnt yeah, out, right, yeah. Forte? So you got to, like, you know, think about, okay, they won Sunday. They had a great night Sunday night, I'm assuming. They probably had a good night last night with family. Yeah. How much more do they have in the tank to do this? Yeah. Frankly, by Saturday, it could be minus 25, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Well, and on that, too, like, working the hours we work, there's so many times I want to go to a concert the night before, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, so. like, there was, The Offspring played last week, and The Offspring's one of my favorite bands. They played with Sum 41, but I think that concert wrapped up at 11, yeah, and, and had I gone no to that, I would up. have been very, very... You yeah. would have been, yeah. You would not have been a lot of fun to be no. around the next morning. No. No. I'm often not a lot of fun to be around, but that morning would have been <laughs> particularly <laughs> difficult. So here's what I'd say. There was a lot of people on social media uh, yesterday talking about the parade and the the idea of when it should be and all the rest. And then there was also talk about people from other parts of the country, you know, congratulating Winnipeg for winning. And one of the greatest comments I saw was from someone who said they had lived in, you know, several cities in Canada. I think they listed five. And one of the things they always loved about Winnipeg was the people. So what I would keep is the people, except for the people that whine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or don't drink wine. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> <laughs> you don't drink wine. I, I, can't, I can't trust you. you, you know, it, it comes under that heading. You are never, ever ever going to please everybody. But I would suspect that, you know, and and even for those who feel, well, you know, i got to work today, I can't go to the parade. Let's remember, we won the Grey Cup. We are celebrating that. So there are other ways to feel and be a part of that. And I'm not trying to promote ourselves, but if you can't be at the parade, and if you're by a computer, you know, cjob.com, or by the radio, we'll bring that to you and make you feel a part of it. It won't be the same as being there, but it'll be the next best thing. Shameless plug.
That was very shameless. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And, yeah. and, we, and just to make a quick point, first of all, we're talking about Greg uh, trying to take his first morning off in like 97 days. Is he's he just, tweeting he's, already? No, he's texted us. He's listening. Oh, God. And he wants to point out that it's actually also U.S. Thanksgiving Thursday, right? So you have a lot of American players who might be wanting that's, to get home that's what or I mean. away, right? Yeah. 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 They, they want to get back to their families as well. So, so, the, so the question then, what would you change about Winnipeg, Jeff Braun? Is there something about the city that you would like to change? Just the, the un, I don't know if it's limited to Winnipeg. It feels like it's a Winnipeg thing sometimes. Just the, the people pushing back against any sort of change, no matter what it is. Everyone's like, no, it's been this way all my life. And if it changes at all, I'm just furious about it. It's ridiculous. People, I mean, just nobody in the history of civilization has gone their whole lives without a great deal many things changing and that's just the way it goes and it just drives me up the wall when people are like no we can't do that because we've never done that before great point jeff there are a lot of people in the city who just cannot stand change for me it's kind of just a smaller one i wish there were more speed limit signs in winnipeg <laughs> yeah i can't tell you how many times i'm driving down a street and i have no idea what the speed limit is because you go blocks and blocks without seeing a sign more that means it's signs? 50 yeah more signs oh, i feel like there's so many signs i don't think there are enough <laughs> I don't think there are enough. <laughs> Forte? I would say angry sports fans. When the team loses, it's crap on the team. And then, you know, when they win, it's they praise them. Like, don't get so angry if they lose. Well, What's going to happen? Kelly, maybe you can speak to that. Is that a Winnipeg thing? or It's just a sports fan thing. Go live in Philadelphia or Chicago <laughs> or spend some time in, in, in New York or L.A. when those teams are losing and... It, it gets savage there. I mean, even even in Toronto. Uh, oh, yeah. I was laughing so hard. With the Leafs lately. Yeah. With the firing yeah. of the head coach. They had, they were, he's the new coach is the savior. And then somebody yeah. screen grabbed uh, tweets from five years ago when Babcock came in. Yeah. And it was like, he's going to save us. It's like every, every few years, somebody decides, you know, they either love it or hate it. Breakfast with the Bombers. It is brought to you. By the cooperators. Find an advisor at cooperators.ca, a better place for you. Starting around noon today, there is not much doubt you're going to be hearing a lot of this. some of this. If you just played that at, like, you know, in March sometime, we'd be like, oh, what is this terrible singing? But right now you're like, ah, that sounds good. It does. And you're definitely going to hear a few instances of this. It is Grey Cup Victory Parade Day in Winnipeg as Blue Bomber fans will be lining Portage Avenue from Hargrave to Maine and then to the Forks when the procession begins at noon. And for the hundreds of fans who crammed James Richardson International Airport yesterday afternoon to welcome the champs home, the thousands who returned to Winnipeg from Calgary throughout the day, Gary from St. Vitell pretty much summed up what winning the cup means to this city when he spoke with Bob Irving and Mike O'Shea on the Bomber Coaches Show last night on 680 CJOB. Coach, it's been a six-year journey to the top of the mountain. How's the view? <laughs> it's 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 good. Maybe a little cloudy because my head a little foggy, maybe. But uh, we're we're running on like Bob said earlier, we're running on fumes. But uh, it's it's pretty sweet from up here. Boy, it was a great effort. I'm happy for uh, yourself, the coaches, players, ex-players, guys like. Uh, Doug Brown and Stiegel that never won a great cup. You've done a lot for the city, <laughs> and I thank you. And, uh, Bob, we love you. <laughs> Coach, do me one favor. Give Bob a big hug. I'm moving over there right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that during a break, Gary, and uh, thanks for the call. I know you're a, a huge supporter of the Bombers, and you you love them, and, boy, they uh, they made you happy last night, didn't they? Man, I told you. Uh, first show of the year. I almost died a year ago after that Calgary game. 
I thought I was a goner, but I lived, and he made my day. Wow. Gary. Kelly warned me. He said, you're going to cry. And I was like, that's not fair, Kelly. I'm a crier. But sure enough, I love the emotion. And, and Bob Irvin spoke with the coach about Gary and, and the feeling that others have, those invested supporters of the blue and gold. Are you surprised at all at the emotion some people feel, the crying? I mean, there's people crying all over the place about this. It, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't. I mean, it's, um, you know, from my time here, you realize that there are thousands of fans that are really connected. They're not just, they don't just have a shirt someone gave them for Christmas. They, they, are, they are connected to the team. The teams in the community, like I said before, they're knowledgeable fans. They they're very proud and they um, intelligent fans, and they just they've built this connection over the years. And I think tr- the tradition maybe of um, what this team has meant to the community over time, and the legacy of you know the being a Bomber fan being handed down from a dad to a, a son or daughter, and it just grows, you know. So it, it doesn't surprise me how how they're all in, and it is an emotional time. And the coach spoke about his own special moment of having his family in Calgary to watch Sunday's 33-12 win over Hamilton and being able to be a part of the celebration that followed. Both my sisters, their families, their husbands and my one sister's kids came. My mom was there and, of course, my wife and my kids were there. So my son flew in from Guelph and my daughters came in on on Friday and uh, it was fantastic to have my Three kids up on the stage with me, my, you know, they were in tears, mm. uh, so pleased, you know, moving them here. They've just become integrated into the community, and we, I think we've talked about this before, but it was probably tougher on them than I realized, and they did such a great job of not showing me that. They probably let it loose on my wife, you know, but uh, to see it all sort of pay off now, they are... They're such a big part of it. You know, they've sacrificed a lot of time, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, for me. <laughs> so I can't thank them enough. It was just very special having them celebrate that with me. And we'll all have the chance to celebrate with the coach, his staff, the players, and the front office members of the organization during today's parade. We'll have complete coverage throughout the day on 680 CJOB, live streaming via CJOB.com. Wade Miller is going to join us, by the way, at 807, President and CEO of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And our coverage at CJOB.com will be anchored by Lisa Dutton from Global Winnipeg. And the Parade route coverage will be provided by Greg Mackling and Brittany Greenslade. Kelly Moore will be at the rally at the Forks. That rally, by the way, is going to be hosted by the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, our very own Bob Irving. Can't wait to see who still has their voice left. I know it'll be hard. Uh, even the players yesterday, some of them you could tell who uh, were losing their voices. And, and co- the coach sounded good last night on the show with Bob. I was surprised in the sense, you know, like if you've been ch- staying up late or cheering loud. Everyone's losing their Maybe voice. Maybe he wasn't cheering. Maybe he's, he's a pretty like I I want I don't think he's the guy. I don't think he's the cheering type. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at Andrew Harris's Instagram this morning actually and it looks like the team uh, I'll have to take another look, but it was it, it, they appear to be sitting in a bar and there's Chris Strevler. He's got his shirt off. <laughs> and uh, so they, those guys probably don't have much of a voice this morning. Hey, they're having a blast. It might it might only come once for them. So enjoy. Gary McNabb, Mackling back tomorrow, but he will be part of today's Grey Cup Parade coverage. In a moment, we are going to speak with Wade Miller, who is president and CEO of the Winnipeg Football Club. And also this hour, we are going to hear from the man who provided Willie Jefferson of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers with that championship belt, which he has been wearing so proudly since the Bombers were victorious in the Grey Cup. And we've learned from the man who donated the belt i suppose temporarily donated the belt that he made it himself made it himself it's homegrown so to speak with the home he's a combining his two loves as he put it wrestling and football he should maybe talk you know we should ask wade if 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 he's seen the belt and if 
that's uh, a product line that they're looking to perhaps introduce. Well, you'd buy it. I do, I would definitely would buy it. Would you then wear it? Or is that more just to like have for fun if you have a party and you wear it on your shoulder? Uh, yeah, I would. I, well, I, would, I wouldn't wear it. Yeah, the thing with a championship belt, too, is it always looks cooler. When on you your put shoulder. It over, you put it on the shoulder, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you, you could wear it, but I think it looks cooler over the shoulder. So we're well, looking forward to chatting with Wade. Also, if you missed it earlier... We heard from the young woman who was attacked at the Tyndall Market Liquor Mart. She posted an 11-minute video on Facebook where she talked about her experience and how scared she was. And if you want to see that video from Randy Chase, you can go to our Facebook page. We have shared it there. We've also linked it to our 680CJOB Instagram story if you want to see her powerful and emotional message. You're off tomorrow and Thursday, right? I am. So you got to go to the parade today. Well, Greg worked nine days in a row, so I thought I would take some time off t- to help him out. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I texted him earlier. I was like, I know you're the one that's really exhausted, but I forgot to mention that I'm actually off Wednesday, Thursday. So, yeah, just taking a few days and uh, hoping uh, to get some relaxing in and to get to that parade today. If I can figure out my route in. I was saying I have to kind of leave the city and then come back, and so I'm trying to figure out how to do it. No, we were talking earlier about what would you change in Winnipeg? And it was inspired by people who are, some people have genuine concerns about the parade being today because they can't go. Not everybody can afford to take the day off, but others were simply whining, right? And that that often is a, a Winnipeg thing, just whine about everything. And we asked, what would you change about Winnipeg? So Denny should we read this text from Denny? Yeah, this, this is pretty funny. Denny says, I'd rig all controlled intersections to include a change in angle corresponding to the lights. A green light would be the usual flat surface that you're used to. After the light turns yellow, the street will pitch up at about 45 degrees. If you floor it, you should be able to jump the intersection. Good luck. As the light turns red, your ramp will pitch even a f- further up, becoming a flat wall, and you will indeed stop. That is elaborate and imaginative. It was imaginative. He really went down that road. And you know what? We're, we we might have to push this interview with Wade back to later in the hour. So I think we should also go to the next imaginative person and the uh, Tony. Okay. So once again, this is Tony Carvalho. He is a 12-year season ticket holder, and he is the man who provided Willie Jefferson with that championship belt. Loren spoke with him just a little over a half hour ago. Uh, well, it kind of goes along with my uh, my gimmick that I made up. Uh, El Tony Tones is kind of a tribute to uh, Mexican rapper Ray Mysterio and uh, kind of falls with uh, the crew I run with, uh, the Legion of Blue, a couple of buddies that do uh, the, the spike shoulder pads that dress up like Animal and Hawk. So we're uh, kind of have a nice little wrestling theme going on. And uh, last year I kind of made a, just a little cheap belt from uh, – you know, out of some vinyl and whatnot. And this year I decided it just felt right that uh, we had to take it to the next level. And here we are, and look what we did. So tell me what happened Sunday night. You're at the game. You obviously have oh, the belt over your shoulder, or yeah. you're wearing it. What was going on? Uh, well, um, we were sitting in row four, so I managed to just squeak down to uh, the first row because somebody uh, uh, moved out of the way. And uh, Willie J just made that another big play. And he came to the sidelines and just, Willie J, Willie J. And he looked up at me and popped the bell for him and showed it to him. And he's all about it and just repped it, Rep- represented that blue bomber belt good. He, he kept the belt for a while, did he not? I've seen some photos on your Instagram page. He had it in the locker yeah. room. Did you get in the locker room? How did that all work? No, 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 no. I wish, I wish. No, I just handed it. I just let him borrow the belt. And uh, technically, Willie J still got my belt. Oh, Maybe we'll see it in the parade tonight. Okay, so I haven't. You haven't gotten it back. No, I'm hoping Willie J. Uh, Willie J. If you're listening, bud, I'm looking for you after the parade. <laughs> you you want it back? Or are you okay if he keeps it? Oh no, 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 no. That that's got to come back home. That's got to come back home. Absolutely. <laughs> Quickly before I let you go, Tony, just your thoughts on the last 48 hours and what it's felt like as a Blue Bomber fan to a have that win, but that connection with uh, Willie Jefferson as well. It's, uh, it's it's indescribable. The the buzz is like I'm still I'm still buzzing. I'm just lost 
just an absolute loss of words. I'm just so happy I never gave up on my team and stuck with them through and through. And you'll be home in time for the parade today? Tony Tones is going to be at that parade. (laughs) Thanks for this, Tony. Safe flight home, and uh, we'll see what we can do about that belt. Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, he was on a plane, he right? Was, he was boarding a flight back to Winnipeg from Calgary, and so, yeah, you could hear in the background, like, the seatbelt instructions. I was just waiting for someone to be like, dude, get off the phone, because you know how people get nervous when someone is on a fo- phone on the plane? There's always yeah. that group that's like, they have rules like this for a reason. So, yeah, he's on his way home. He's super excited. Willie Jefferson, if you're listening in his words, he wants his belt back, though. So, yeah, if you see him at the parade today... Maybe check it back in the crowd. Well, and maybe, hopefully he has the belt at the parade. And then I guess after that, perhaps some sort of a handoff. I have happen. to go checking, check Willie Jefferson's account, but I, I followed Tony Tones. Yep. And uh, he's got all sorts of pictures of the belt that clearly made the rounds to different bars in the Grey Cup. So they must have come from Willie J's account, I'm guessing, because that belt that belt was a lot of places over yeah. the last few days. So L Tony Tones is his Instagram, and Willie Jefferson is Kill Will fifteen seventeen, I believe. I just tagged him. I'm just tagging him now on our story and quoting L Tony Tones to say, "Hey Willie J, if you're listening, bud, I want it back. He wants the belt back. Happy that you you had some fun with it, but he wants it back. It's it's." <laughs> Prize possession. It's his homemade Winnipeg Blue Bombers championship belt, which I really think the team should work with him to make that a regular product. Before we forget, Loren, you had this on our list of things to mention. What's going on in Niverville? Yeah, I have some audio I can play here, Brett, if I can just find it. Uh, Basically, Niverville today, you know, about... A year, over a year ago, before we legalized marijuana, um, all the municipalities were given a decision as to whether or not they were even going to consider letting marijuana into their community, right? Yep. So votes were taken at different city halls, different town councils, different reeves throughout the province. A store decided it wanted to open up in Niverville. It wanted to open up a pot store. I believe it's Cabana. And they were all ready to go ahead and do this. And then there was a vote at Niverville. That's about 35 kilometers south of Winnipeg. Uh, a couple months ago that said, well, no, hang on, we, we voted against you coming here. And then it's been decided that they're going to have a plebiscite. So the residents of Niverville will vote today on whether or not they want to have a marijuana store in their town. Uh, here's the story right now from Marnie Blunt. Two different yard signs are posted throughout the community of Neverville with two very different messages. Vote yes to a cannabis dispensary and say no to drugs. Indirectly, uh, council has been uh, to a certain degree split when it comes down to the decisions about putting retail cannabis in our community for different reasons. Uh, Indirectly, at the end of the day, plebiscite was voted in there by the uh, council. As voting day for retail cannabis draws near, two groups have been trying to get their message to residents. We're saying yes to a legal business. The citizens who support a progressive Neverville group says a cannabis store will bring economic growth. It'll definitely bring more economic development. Um, If people come and use the store, they will definitely use other services in Neverville. Other residents say they worry about the safety of children in the community. To protect these kids from potential uh, temptations and if we can keep it away or make it more difficult for our younger generation to access cannabis, it's just the right thing to do. Whether you want to see retail cannabis in the community or not, Neverville Town Council just wants to make sure you have your say on November 26. Marnie Blunt, Global News. This is Neverville's first vote on marijuana, and that's because they decided last year that they didn't want to hold the vote because there wasn't enough information, and now they say they have it, and so they're giving people the chance to vote. They can vote from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. today, and of course you need ID to vote. Interesting, in that town and in the video from Marnie Blunt, you can see that there's signs popped up all over the community, and some read, say no to drugs, and others say vote yes for supporting economic development. So it's really kind of interesting to see in that town how it's divided on this front and where it might go. You know, uh, it's not that town, but it's in that community, that area. You know, Steinbach just 15 years ago, or maybe it was 18 years ago, decided to let liquor into that town, and I don't think there's a cannabis store in Steinbach. So I'm curious to see where this goes tonight. No. Jeff Braun earlier mentioned that he, one of the things that drives him crazy about Winnipeg in particular, because the conversation was, what would you change about Winnipeg, is the fear of change. 
and what's happening in Niverville to the to the naysayers. And I'm not endorsing. I, you know, I don't have a particular stance on this. But do you think any of it has to do with just? fear of change, just want to stay set in our ways? Potentially. And, you know, it's a smaller community, so I think there's people there that have their feelings about what uh, pot might bring. And the thing about communities like Niverville or, you know, Oak Bluff or Stonewall or all those bedroom communities, they're close enough to Winnipeg that your access to cannabis is not limited. But on the flip side, so you could easy to say, oh, we don't need the store because they can just go get it in Winnipeg if they really want to. But then it's like, well, we can just go get it in Winnipeg if we really if they really want to. So why not allow it here? Like, what, what are you preventing? There was a clip in that story from a gentleman who said he was worried for the kids. Well, I think the argument has been throughout the country that the kids can get it anyway. So is it safer for allowing the access to the legal product because you know what's in it, right? And so sometimes it can feel in some places like you're just voting for the status quo, you know. Let's vote to not change. And that that is some of the arguments you can see on a Facebook page that's popped up in that community and, and all the rest. So, yeah. I understand the sentiment about wanting to, to keep stuff out of the hands of kids and young people, but I often wonder if we don't give young people enough credit. Like, right. Because they're going to get their hands on whatever they want to get their hands on, no matter what regulations we put in front of them. I bought my only and first pack of cigarettes in grade seven. Can't remember how I did it, but I got it. Grade seven. Grade seven. Never. I think I smoked a cigarette, forgot all about them. My mom found them in my coat, ripped them up and grounded me. And uh, I never smoked again. It was one. But I, I can't remember why, but it was for sure junior high. And somehow we all decided that day we were going to go do it. And I never would have been that kid that wanted to do it. But you're kind of in that group. I hated it, thought it was disgusting. My point being, it was 13, what is that, 14 years old? Yeah. And you're getting it. And so the same thing goes with with alcohol or the, or in this case, cannabis. It's out there. It's a legal product. So it's going to be hard to control that. The assumption that if you don't have it close, one won't consume, I don't know, if is a valid argument. Was I supposed to hit something there? No. Nope. You were not supposed to hit Good. anything. Jeff Forte was just reluctant because Christmas music. Yeah, yes. Is it too early? Here's a question. This is a great question. When I go into stores, I don't want to hear it yet. What's the rule in your home? Oh, okay. So do you have a, sort of a firing gun, so to speak? I usually never try to never play Christmas music until December because I don't want to be like I want to. I want to enjoy it and not get sick of it. And so I can imagine I was in a fast food outlet the other day, and I think this is like ten days ago or two weeks ago, and just Christmas tunes blaring, and I thought, oh my gosh, these poor people for the next eight weeks have to listen. That's what I always think of. Like you got to feel bad for them. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. same songs over and over and over again. When I worked at Taco Bell, we they, we also had uh, it was Taco Bell I was at actually. Was it Taco- <laughs> Nice. Yes. I wonder and if it's it the was same just music blaring, service. like just so loud. I think they did Christmas music, but they also did Halloween music. They would throw in this whatever music service they had subscribed to, they would throw in the odd sort of Halloween themed song. So you heard a lot of Warren Zevon, Werewolves of London, and they also played Eyes Without a Face by Billy Idol a lot. Because and I think it was specifically because we had these like weird straws that had the, the, the like uh sort of a corkscrew straw that had an eyeball inside it. So I think that was, they played the song because the the promotion was eyeballs, eyes without a face. This That whole thing is odd. Yeah. I think I might still have that straw somewhere. But I, Jeff, I hoard. You do? You still I, have it? I am a hoarder, yeah. Forche before the break just now said, should I be playing Christmas music? And that launched an entire debate where we said, no, yes, no, yes. But why are we playing this song? Lights of the North, Christmas Indoor Light Festival and Christmas Market. This is happening December 5th to January 5th at the Hudson's Bay downtown. And we have a family pack, family pass for five for December 6th. And you can win that right now at 204-780-6868. Let's just do call number six, 204-780-6868 for your chance to win passes for Lights of the North, Christmas Indoor Light Festival, and Christmas Market. And it is funny how December, as soon as December rolls along, then I feel like, Mm. okay, now it feels like Christmas, but I am the same. November, not so much. And then as soon as Christmas Day has passed, I, I don't like hearing Christmas songs. I don't like seeing, well, the, the lights are, it's always sad to see the Christmas lights go out. 
But, oh, uh, I don't yeah. mind after. And I keep my lights. I keep the, well, I don't think our lights are on all year long. But uh, the tree I keep up for ages. The humbug lights are up, by the way, on the apartment block on Route 90. Oh, good. Yeah, those got, Eve, I think, texted or tweeted at us a couple of days ago that uh, some, they flicked the lights. So it's my understanding if you want to live in that suite, you have to humbug it up. <laughs> it's like in the rental contract. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Should we just replay the audio of Tony? Yeah. El Tony Tones? Yeah, El Tony Tones. The championship belt that Willie Jefferson's been sporting since after the Grey Cup. He got it out of the stands from a fan. And as it turns out, this fan made it himself. Uh, well, it kind of goes along with my uh, my gimmick that I made up. Uh, El Tony Tones is kind of a tribute to uh, rec- uh, Mexican wrestler Ray Mysterio. And uh, kind of falls with uh, the crew I run with. Uh, the Legion of Blue, a couple of buddies that do uh, the, sh- the spike shoulder pads that dress up like Animal and Hawk. So we're uh, kind of have a nice little wrestling theme going on. And uh, last year I kind of made a, just a little cheap belt from, uh, you know, out of some vinyl and whatnot. And this year I decided it just felt right that uh, we had to take it to the next level. And here we are and look what we did. So tell me what happened Sunday night. You're at the game. You obviously have the belt over your shoulder, or you're wearing it. What was going on? Uh, well, um, we were sitting in row four, so I managed to just squeak down to uh, the first row because somebody uh, uh, moved out of the way. And uh, Willie J just made that another big play, and he came to the sidelines and just, Willie J, Willie J, and he looked up at me and, popped the belt off and showed it to him and he's all about it and just repped it. Rep- represented that blue bomber belt good. He, he kept the belt for a while, did he not? I've seen some photos on your Instagram page. He had it in the locker yeah. room. Did you get in the locker room? How did that all work? No, 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 no. I wish, I wish. No, I just handed it. I just let him borrow the belt and uh, technically Willie J still got my belt. Oh, Maybe we'll see it in the parade tonight. Okay, so I haven't. you haven't gotten it back. No, I'm hoping Willie J. Uh, Willie J., if you're listening, bud, we're, I'm looking for you after the parade. <laughs> you you want it back, or are you okay if he keeps it? Oh, no, 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 no. That, that's got to come back home. That's got to come back home, absolutely. <laughs> Quickly, before I let you go, Tony, just your thoughts on the last 48 hours and what it's felt like as a Blue Bomber fan to, A, have that win, but that connection with uh, Willie Jefferson as well. It's, uh, it's it's indescribable. The the buzz is like I'm still I'm still buzzing. I'm just lost, just an absolute loss of words. I, I'm just so happy I never gave up on my team and stuck with them through and through. And you'll be home in time for the parade today. Tony Tones is going to be at that parade. <laughs> Thanks for this, Tony. Safe flight home, and uh, we'll see what we can do about that belt. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. So that is Tony Carvalho, 12-year season ticket holder. He made that championship belt, and we've got pictures of it on our Instagram. So I tagged Willie Jefferson on Instagram, kill Will, kill underscore Will 1517. And I said, in in Tony's words, he wants the belt back. Uh, So he says, oh, too bad. I left it at the front desk of my hotel for him. (laughs) And they said, you left it at the front desk? Which hotel? I'll let him know. So he says... I have it. I'll give it back. We tracked it down. So we are in, in the midst of working on getting oh, those two awesome. connected. And and to be very clear, Tony Carvalho, he's just having some fun, right? Like He did put some work into that belt, but he's so pumped that it's been in the hands of Willie J, and he's having a good time with it and all the rest. But sure, he put the effort in to yeah. make it. He wants to, maybe he maybe it'll be like kind of the legacy, you know, the thing that gets us to the next cup. I'm not sure Willie's going to be all that keen to let it go. You might <laughs> have to sing for it. <laughs> it's, cool. it's still cool, though, that he was carrying this thing around with so much pride yeah. it, it's, it's it's a cool prop i mean God, sure is championship belt hey thanks for listening to the start podcast we are available on apple podcast google podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts subscribe now and never miss an episode and if you like what you hear rate the show tell us what you think and hey even tell a friend about the podcast be sure to follow us on twitter and instagram greg is at gmacwpg that's g-m-a-c-k wpg i am at brett mcgarry b-r-e-t-t-m-e-g-a-r-r-y and loren on twitter is at mcnab on global and on instagram at mcnab on c-j-o-b talk soon